Hi, I'm Case Lowe, co-host of the Open the Voice Gate podcast. The one question I'm constantly asked when it comes to Dragon Gate is how do I get into the promotion? Well, stop asking and start listening to the Open the Voice Gate podcast released every Wednesday on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. For exclusive news and show reviews, look no further than the leader in Dragon Gate coverage, Open the Voice Gate. My fellow Americans... Our long national nightmare is over. Competition starting to get thick is the click, so I hope you watch your A game. Amen. No way from the track when we unite and spit. This isn't A game. Better bring your A game. Competition starting to get thick is the click, so I hope you watch your A game. Amen. No way from the track when we. Whoa, what happened here? I don't know. Hey, we're back. Hey. <laughs> hey, now, it's the Mike and JD Show, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? We had this big thing planned, the Gerald <laughs> Ford. I was quickly converting it to MP4 so we can make that work, and we still fucked it up, or screwed it up, damn it. Now I just Well, you know what I did is too. I um I should have put an overlay as opposed to a background, so that, um, that's my bad, guys, but uh, hey... We we are here. We got uh, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Thank you for joining us right here on the Voices of Wrestling Network. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, please hit the like button and throw down a comment. Help us defeat the algorithm, and then make sure you also subscribe to this channel. We uh, we very much appreciate it. I know Joe Lanza and uh, Rich they would definitely appreciate more subscribers to the YouTube. So um, let's let's go ahead and uh, let's get them numbers up, man. We. Dude, the Voices of Wrestling Network has some pretty decent YouTube numbers, but uh, we, we need to get those numbers up. And I want to be the reason why those numbers are up. So I would really appreciate it if you guys hit that subscribe button and then tell them that Mike and JD sent you. But JD, man, uh, it's been a whirlwind week of pro wrestling. Lots have happened. Um, you you were at All Out on Sunday, man. How was your week? How was your weekend? Well, first of all, I think we're doing our part to help get those YouTube numbers up. We yeah. had a really good week last week. We had uh we i think we were the, we had the most views we've ever had for any any show we've ever done on youtube and then we we were we were i don't want to i'm not gonna brag but i mean like we were we were really good last week with our numbers like, that was impressive <laughs> yeah yeah so, uh e- we had ibu from russell purist uh on the show and uh that brother has a following man and yes. he like he he brought over so many live viewers just by a simple retweet, so that was really cool. And so that helped out. And then some of that traffic went to our Mike and JD Show YouTube channel. So guys, if you're watching this, head over to the Mike and JD Show YouTube channel because we're putting a lot of clips up there. I went exclusive on the YouTube at one point whenever the the breaking news happened over the weekend, which we will get into. But I promise promised myself i would not open with a he who shall not be named until later in the show but as soon as that news w- broke i just went to my cell phone and and uh, talked about it on youtube man so we put out a lot of content on our youtube channel so uh and we did record numbers we i think we quadrupled our subscriber count over there so um we're really kicking ass man and i really appreciate everybody supporting everybody being on this ride with us yeah man it's really it's really cool i mean um I was thinking about this for the show. You and I have been doing this for about a little about two and a half years now. And yeah, yep. we went through 2023 has been a year. We've like, we've done a lot of changes, right? Like we rebranded and then we found a new network and then we're just um really kind of doing our own thing on our own. And I'm really, uh really happy with what we've been able to do so far, you know, not, not like a bragging kind of thing, but 
you know, put a lot of work in and it's starting to show a little bit. So I'm pretty happy about that, man. Yeah, man. We're, and we, uh, the, the, um, the Patreon is also growing. So everybody, yeah. thank you for checking out the Patreon. Go to uh, patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show. Uh, JD Oliva project just uh, dropped a couple of days ago. That's the newest show on that network. So JD, why don't you go and talk about the JD Oliva project, but really just talk about your weekend, man, because you had a really fun weekend. You and Andy. I did. I took my son to all out because it was here in Chicago and um, it was our second time together going to the United Center because uh, that's where the Fitbit Door show was last year. And it's probably the fourth time I think I've taken him to an AEW show. And uh, that's it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun going to a show with your kid. And um, we kind of caught up with some family members we haven't seen in a little while. And uh, I kind of talked about how talking to family you haven't talked to in a while can be a bit of a catharsis and that show in and of itself felt a lot like a catharsis it felt like we're finally past this thing and i say this yeah. is a huge cm punk fan i love cm oh, punk oh oh we weren't supposed to mention I said the name, name. i said the name uh. i'm sorry i love voldemort yeah. i'm a huge yeah. voldemort <laughs> fan and i'm sad that voldemort is gone in a way but it's better man i mean it's better for this company it's better for for everything people seem in a better spot now it had mm-hmm. zero impact on the dynamite ratings as you saw yeah. um i don't i just it just didn't work no no and it, it just you, you know what and we'll, we'll we'll talk about all out in a little bit but you know what it did that show really reminded me of it reminded me of like a grueling political election where the country is super divided and then finally the election is over and then the country starts to heal now we haven't had that in our country in a long yeah, time <laughs> yeah yeah that hasn't actually happened in america in a couple of elections but i you know i i think like like when oh, the obama like romney one or the obama and mccain election happened where we were pretty divided and then we all kind of came back together and healed. Like it kind of reminded me like that because you know, that locker room was, I, I don't want to say divided in half because there's all these different camps, but I think everybody on all sides were just fed up. They're fed up with everything. And then they were out to prove something at all out. And they absolutely did, man. They came together and just put on a hell of a show. They did. And being there in the crowd, and being, you know, we were 17th row because Andy wanted to sit. He wanted to sit on the floor. And then he learned that unless you're in the front row, sitting on the floor is not the best place to be at a wrestling I, show. I so, hate the floor. Yeah, the I floor sucks. But he didn't believe yeah. me. He was like, no, dad, we have to sit there. And then I was telling you, I, I, I had this spot picked. I was convinced this is where Moxley was going to come out. I knew I was like, this is where Mox is going to come out. It fits perfectly. And I was completely wrong. He came out on the other side of the building. But there was me and like 20 dudes where there were their cell phones. We were ready to get Moxley. And then we were wrong. And then my kid was disappointed between between that and Darby Allen losing. My kid was not a happy camper. Darby <laughs> lost. And he goes, Dad, let's go home. And I'm like, buddy, I paid a lot of money for these states. We're going to stick around. He's like. This show's stupid. I hate this. So I'm like, let's go get uh, some ice. Let's go get ice cream. He was like, fine. Let's go get ice cream. Yeah. Poor Darby lost to the slowest dinosaur in history. Well, actually, Tyrus would be the slowest. So Luchasaurus is the sl- second two. slowest dinosaur. Yeah. Number two. Um, And he put a man. I'll tell you what. Darby Allen worked his ass off to make that dinosaur look good. And that dude <laughs> couldn't even kick out at two and a half. Like, uh, that's what made it worse, too, because it was very clearly a three count. And Andy mm-hmm. stands, like, let's go, because the seven-year-old says that now. So he's like, let's go. And then like, no, no. And then he's he's been around long enough now where he can smell the bullshit coming. 
So he's just like, when Darby didn't get the pin off that, he's like this the whole time, like kind of feeling that it was coming. And then he was right. But it was it was a great time that I had with my kid at the show. And that's, um, I don't know, taking your kid to a pro wrestling show when you've been a fan forever, it kind of adds another level onto these things that makes it even even more fun than before. It makes you a bigger fan when you get to share it with your kid. And it does. My my uh my wife and I have just recently had a talk where we could probably start letting our kid um watch some wrestling. Um I don't I don't know that I'll let her watch AEW for a while. How old is she? Because it is she's she's turning five next week. Okay. And she gets really freaked out. And so she's there's still a lot that scares her. But mm-hmm. when she watched the Royal Rumble with me earlier this year, she was way into it. And but that was the last time she'd watched wrestling. And so, but she likes to wrestle her dad. That's her, like, she literally will do it every night. Like after she goes for bath time and before bed, she'll go, mom, can I go wrestle dad? And she goes, yes, you can. And the next thing you know, I got this little munchkin jumping on top of me with an elbow drop. And so we'll wrestle for a little bit. And then, and then Ashley was like, you know, I think, I think she's probably ready to watch wrestling with you. And I was like, okay, but I don't think that I'm ready to let her watch, you know, a strap match with tons of blood in it or a John Moxley match with a ton of blood. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you're a better parent than am I because at five, I think he had not turned six yet when I took him to his first dynamite. So he was in kindergarten. I'm not a good person. I let my kid, my parents let me watch RoboCop when I was like a little bit older than him. So, Oh yeah. You know, my I parents mean, let I, me watch Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Like our parents were, were children of the eighties. Like parents yeah. didn't like, they didn't censor the material we watched. My Andy came home and because Andy, like during the during the um the Danielson Ricky Starks match, he looked at me and goes, This is epic. So Brian Danielson's comment about good pro wrestling can appeal to anyone is hundred percent accurate. Because my seven-year-old yeah. thought it was awesome. But then he was home the next day. He goes, Mom, Brian Danielson had the leather strap and he was hitting Ricky in the face, and there was all this blood. And my wife just gives me the death stare. And I was <laughs> just like, like, stop snitching, bro. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck, man? You're supposed to be cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's far from it. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Like, I'm not judging you as a dad because I think that if I could get away with it, I would. But so the thing about me is that, you know, my, my it's all about what your your kid, what would what they would enjoy and what would scare them. And I know mm-hmm. my daughter would get scared by a lot of that blood. Like she's walked in on me watching UFC and like, and it, like two women were fighting and they both just had blood all over the face and knots and stuff. She's like, Oh my God, what happened? You know, like she just doesn't like that kind of stuff. So I don't think that she would be into the blood just yet, probably later in life. But So like blood doesn't bug him. Right. But what bugs him is like supernatural stuff. And like, like Pennywise the clown terrifies him beyond all rational Ooh, thought, yeah. which is it's supposed to do. Right. right. There's this video game these kids watch called the man in the window. Right. It's this stupid little video game thing. And it it's it's ruined my life for the last year. Right. Terrifies him beyond all belief. He likes to try to watch movies with dad. Remember when I was writing websites? Uh, well, I remember some websites. Remember when I was writing reviews for your website? Yeah. Well, he start. He came in and tried to watch the Frighteners with me, and I hadn't seen the Frighteners in twenty five years. So I'm like, "Yeah, come on, Michael J. Fox. It's like a comedy. It'll be fine." Mm-hmm. And I completely forgot that the Grim Reaper 
is running around murdering people in the most horrific fashion possible. <laughs> and I went, Oh shit, this is way more violent than I remember it being. Yeah. And he got scared. And I got, I got a talking to from my wife that night. Ooh. Let me, yeah. let me tell you something. He is five, <laughs> he is four at the time. He is not 12. You need to stop. Oh, that was ugly. Yeah. Yeah. You can get a lot of heat with the wife that way. A lot of heat. A lot of heat. <clears throat> you know, I'm a pretty good dad. I'm a terrible uncle, and I'll tell you why. So my aunt and my nephew, they're in town, and um, my nephew's like 12, 13, and he wanted to go paddleboarding. He had never been paddleboarding. We have a beach on base. It's like 10 minutes away. So I was like, oh, yeah, and I was like, ah, you know, I haven't been in a long time, but I'll take you out paddleboarding. So we go, and we get the paddleboards, and uh, and the the guy that's running him to us, he's like, okay, but you need to stay over here to the left and don't go past the buoy because the winds are heading east. And if uh, you get caught up in the wind, it's going to be difficult for you to come back. And if you don't really have, um, if you don't really, if you're not really experienced, you can get pushed out down the stream. And I was like, oh yeah, no problem, we'll be fine. So we go out there, we're paddleboarding. There's turtles like swimming around us. It's like really cool. And uh, we're, we're having a good time. Well, I'm like, all right, man, it's time to get back. We only had these things for an hour. So I just start paddling back. And then he's like following behind me. I look and he's a little slow. So I keep waiting for him to catch up. And I, I go fast, fast, fast. I wait for him to catch up. And then finally, I just get in like a zone. Right. And then I just, and I'm getting close to shore and I hear my wife yelling. She's like, Hey, he's way back there. And I'm like, what? And I turn around. I'm like, Oh crap. So then I start going back to him and he keeps going east, east, east. He got caught up. So I lost my nephew at sea and, uh, and, so, and so I had to go as fast as humanly possible to get it. And like at one point he's like trying to paddle, but he can't go forward at all. The wind is just pushing him away. And like, he just like, like just lays down on his board and gives up. He's like, he's just ready for death at this point. <laughs> so, so I just like, Oh shit. So I get him. And then like, I, I kind of push him over towards like this boat launch area. And uh, we had to go up and around and up a boat launch. And then like the lifeguards came and got our paddle boards for us. But <laughs> yeah. so I, uh, I got tons of heat for that this week. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I get that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, <clears throat> I think it's better to be a bad uncle than to be a bad dad. Right. Cause with your brother yeah. or your sister-in-law, whatever, you can be like, eh, sorry, you know, he's fine. He's alive. He's fine with your yeah. own kid. If you almost kill your own kid, then it's right. like way worse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and then like, I, I think I had to like, uh, I think I had to buy him. Uh, I bought him some tasty chicken from IAA bowl. It's like our famous cuisine out here. Some uh, fried chicken. It's the best fried chicken on the Island. I think anyway, um, but Hey, Hey man. So, um, let's go ahead and get into the, let's go ahead and get into the show. So, Let's get I, into I the chat. The show. Wait, wait. Before oh, yeah, we get into this, yeah, let's get to the chat. Your cousin just brought something up that I think needs to be discussed. Oh, okay. Let's see. This is from Joseph Gilbert. Said, I remember our uncle took me snipe hunting when I was six years old and let me walk around the woods <laughs> with a Walmart bag and a stick. Yeah, that that he did. <laughs> my All of our uncles took us snipe hunting. Um, one time, my, uh, my dad and his brothers took us snipe hunting. This was probably before Joseph was born. And, um, and we're going up this hill and we had like a little, little Dixie cups. We're going snipe, snipe, snipe up a hill. Right. And my dad was hiding behind a tree and he's in the tree. And then all of a sudden we get up to the hill and like, and like they're taking pictures of this. Then my dad just starts going roaring through the trees. And like my uncle goes, it's a bear, it's a bear. And so we take off running down the hill. Well, my little brother knows where my uncle's gun is. 
my uncle had a six shooter <laughs> that was that was on the table because you know we're hillbillies so they're naturally there's just a revolver just sitting out where everybody can get to it and he goes and he tries to grab the gun and my uncle ran over there grabbed the gun from him was like no he was gonna shoot my dad because he thought my dad was a bear <laughs> that went in a way different direction than i thought it was gonna go holy yeah, shit yeah but that yeah, but that's you know that's why uh, you know I got all kinds of redneck stories. But yeah, let's get into the right. chat. Uh, let's talk. Let's get into the chat. We got uh, Dobby the Brain Heenan, Patreon subscriber, taking her kids to the shows. The best. Took it my is. daughter to Rebellion 2022 when she was eight. I've never seen her more excited than Josh beating Moose Live. That's one of my favorite Impact matches of all time. Heck yeah. yeah that's um, good. and then uh, Josiah. My parents censored some of my TV viewing in childhood, but I self-censor for that stuff uh, that scared me. I think he still censors his own TV. Uh, Dude, it's funny. It's Josiah's <laughs> reading all my books right now. And he gets all like, I love you, Josiah, but he gets all wonky about, not wonky, but he like doesn't like the violent stuff on TV. And then he like buys all my books and he's like, and I, I get pretty gruesome in those things. So it, <laughs> yeah, I'm entertained that he'll read. He prefers to read violence than see violence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ao Productions. Enough with punk talks for one day. I not gonna happen. I feel you, man. I feel you, man. And then uh, Godzilla, an Eagles fan would never lose their nephew. Uh, no person would ever call their uncle if they're an Eagles fan. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then God Godzilla. This is why black people don't camp. <laughs> oh man. Good. Oh, and then King King of the North. King of the North, y'all keeping JD out of trouble. JD stays in trouble, my man. I, I do it to myself every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hey, so we uh, we wanted to start the show off uh, not with a he who shall not be named until later in the show. We're going to do a whole segment on him. Um, but man, you know, after everything that went down with the firing of the guy, right? Uh, the the guy. day before they're about to have the second biggest pay-per-view of the year in Chicago, the company came together and I think they were led by Brian Danielson. We'll talk about Moxley too in a little bit, but I just want to specifically talk about Danielson. He shows up on collision. Um, and it's almost like the guy is, he is not even important anymore. We got the American dragon back. He answers the challenge for Ricky Starks. They go into to all out. They have what I think is, I don't really do star ratings, but if that's not a five-star match, to get rid of the star ratings altogether. They shouldn't just have him anymore if that's not a five-star match. Uh, with uh, with Ricky Starks, he makes a guy, um, galvanizes the company, and then now he's probably going to be the uh, – he's replacing uh, CM Punk on Collision as kind of like their top star now. And I think he's even going to have like a backstage role that, that kind of a similar to what Punk had, right? You said the name. We weren't supposed to say the name. Oh, um, I did too, so now we're even. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I was on the voices of uh, wrestling Slack channel during the show. Cause I kind of like, I don't know. I kind of like taking the temperature of what's going on. And uh, they were all like, Oh yeah. Four, seven, five, you know, four, four, four and a half. But I just said, man, between the music and the vibe and being here in the crowd and just feeling what that match was, if that's not a five-star match, I don't, I don't know what is. And I'm not a star guy either. Like I don't, I don't have a notebook. Like I don't think about wrestling in, in this way. Like I don't, I have a hard time. I have a hard time quantifying art in general, but yeah. I, I, for me, that might be the best match I've ever seen live. Like I, I, I struggle to find one better. And our buddy Josiah, he said to us in our chat, he's like, Hey, and that's like Austin Hart. And I didn't think about it at the time, but there's a lot of parallels there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's really a match that could turn the company around. And I think the Austin Hart match 
was we started to see the early stages of uh of WWF really starting to turn around. That's um, true. And and now I really do think that Brian Danielson, dude, he beat the shit out of Ricky. Fuck. <laughs> dude, I've never seen a guy take a beating that bad in a wrestling match before. I don't remember seeing a strap hit someone in the face as many times as it hit Ricky Starks. It was like it was quite uncomfortable. The- Oh, uh, uh, King of the North's noted spreadsheet guy, JD. My wife, if she could hear you at, say that, would be laughing herself in tears. I can't even, I couldn't open an Excel spreadsheet if you asked me to. Like, I'm so unorganized, as Mike can attest to, from having done a show <laughs> with me for the last two years. Yeah, yeah I, I am a spreadsheet guy, but I don't put wrestling matches in a spreadsheet. I, I don't have time for that. But I did at one point, whenever I was doing my impact articles, I kept all of their ratings in a spreadsheet, kind of like Brandon Thurston. I started my own and then I color coded them and all that stuff. And I was like, I put formulas in there because I'm very much a spreadsheet guy. But uh, John Muse says says it's a five considered going five to five. Thinks Dave will go five tomorrow. I I think I think it will be a five tomorrow. I think that's the over under is is five. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, if, if it ain't a five, I don't know what a five is. You know, and I what makes me go even stronger on it being a five. I saw what you guys said about the match before I actually watched it. And I was just like, and when that happens, when someone's like, it's the best match I've ever seen live. Oh, that's definitely a five star. I typically will be like going into it. Like, Oh, that's probably not as good as they think it is. I think the same and thing. I immediately do the same it, thing. Dude, I went into it and I was like, it's every bit as good as JD and Josiah and John and all the other guys said it was. It, it it really is that good. I it's one of those matches I I could probably watch more than one time. And and I ha, I don't really watch modern matches more than once right now. Be, you know, like like on purpose. I don't like sometimes. Like you know, if I'm watching um, if I'm watching Impact on Access, and I have a couple times here recently, just because I've been off early on Thursdays. Some old New Japan matches will come on. I'll watch those again just because it's on. But I typically don't go out of my way to watch a match more than once. And I'm probably going to watch that match again this weekend just because I'm like, it's that good. I would thought about buying the pay-per-view just to watch the match. And then I came to my senses and realized that's $50. After you just spent $50, don't be a mark. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I'll see it yeah. some way, shape, or form. I'm sure Michael right. will tell me some means with which I can watch it. Um. I already, I, I already, I, I already have a Google Drive link for you if you want it. Yeah. See, this is what, I, this is why I love you, man. Because you and I, man, we're on the same page. Um, yeah. So Muse says best strap match he's ever seen. Mike, name another great strap match. I mean, the only one that comes to mind is Vader Sting, and that one's yeah okay. You know, yeah, Vader Sting, and you know what one I really liked, and uh, somebody in the chat could correct me on the exact pay per view, but I think it was Beware of Dog. It was um, back in 96, Steve Austin versus Savio Vega. Oh, yeah. I forgot they beat the that. hell out of each other. But that was, you know, obviously I was 12 when that happened. So the things that you like when you're 12 are probably not as good as they are when you're 40. I just remember that one being very good. And um, and that was before Steve Austin really made it big. This mm-hmm. was like right before he had the Bret Hart feud and right before King of the Ring. So um, I, I just remember that one being really, really good. Um, I'm trying to think if there's been, because I really don't like the WWE style strap match where you have to like touch all four corners. I think WCW was the same way. I, I don't like that either. No, I agree. I agree. Four yeah. corners matches are dumb. Like, yeah. um, like sting and co I think it had the same finishes like sting and co-op there where sting gets splashed and that's the fourth. And it was just like, eh, I don't like the finish this. Someone was bitching about it next to me, like in the crowd. So I was like, Oh, they're not touching the corners. 
And I remember thinking, <laughs> good, that's stupid. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Joseph said da- uh, Danielson and uh, Bray Wyatt actually had a very good Actually, I do I remember that, that one. one. I didn't, I didn't yeah, that, that, that one was very good. And I'll then uh, Josiah, Josiah says Vader Sting was a five star, and this one was better for sure. So Did Dave write yeah. that one five stars? Is that five stars just, from Dave? Dude, I don't know. That's why Josiah is. I'm hoping Josiah responds to that eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, so so that was really good. And then whenever there's chaos and turmoil um, in AEW, the guy that they tend to turn to the most, whom I think, and I I, I think is probably the the most important wrestler in AEW since their inception has been John Moxley. And this guy, they're like, look, we need you to go. We need you to be in another main event. We need you to tear the house down, and we need to put another title on you. Uh, he went out there, and him and OC, I, I thought, had a, just a tremendous match. And uh, I, if if they didn't send the crowd home happy, I know that people didn't really care for the finish. I was fine with it. Um, they got a really – they. I think they really brought together everybody with those two matches specifically. I think that was kind of like a unifying moment with the company with those two matches. Three years ago, I wrote an article for Garrett at um, Fight Game about how John Moxley was the perfect guy to shepherd AEW through the pandemic era. He was a great stable presence. He was the rock the company needed. That was a three-year-old article, and they've gone back to him two other times since then. Like, yeah. it's like when, when in case of in, in case of emergency, break glass, and there's John Moxley fittingly behind glass that can shatter all over him. <laughs> so it's just, I mean, like. Are there two better leaders for a company, right? Two selfless dudes that will do anything just to help, right? And mm-hmm. they're just great whenever given the opportunity. Like, I one, I was not expecting to get a Danielson match. And not only do we get a Danielson match, we get one of the best Danielson matches in a decade with the final countdown. And then John Moxley comes and just the story of Orange Cassidy in this company has been one that I don't think anybody would have seen coming. Like, I remember in 2019, because I didn't get him when they first, because remember, about 2018 is when OC first started really, really getting notoriety on the indies, right? And I wasn't a, I wasn't a fan, by the way, but go ahead. I, the match that made me a fan was him, and I hate saying his name because he's a scumbag, but David Starr. They had a match, yeah. and I think it was Beyond, and I, I just like, oh, I get it now. I get it. And I was, I started to like, dig, okay, I dig this guy. The progression of Orange Cassidy, to like being this nonchalant dude that actually is like the hardest working dude with the most heart is fascinating. Like he's the most unconventional baby face, but he's like a, he's like an old school Southern style baby face that Ricky has the Morton. connection to the crowd. Yeah. He's very much like Ricky Morton, yeah. but I mean, I know that I, I think Jim's Cornette just threw up and doesn't know why somewhere, but like <laughs> it's, I can't think of another guy that that's more like him. And Moxley was the perfect foil for that type of character on this evening. Like these two guys are just, they're the MVPs of the company time and time again. Yeah. Yeah, a- absolutely, man. And I, I think with everything going on in the company, um, I really do feel like they, they saved it. Now I think we're going to go out of business or nothing like that, no. but I, I think that, you know, they really, you know, losing, losing the guy who we're going to talk about here in a couple minutes, um, really could have tanked the stock of this company and these guys putting on the performances that they did Danielson coming back from injury unannounced and then having the match of his life. Uh, I really think, you know, help write the ship here, help steer the ship into the, into a really good direction. Now, um, you know, I think collision, I think that one's going to be tough 
from now on. Um, and it was already getting to be tough. I know you have football season coming up and, you know, I don't know. People are always looking at the ratings. They're just dying to call something a failure. I don't think it's ever going to be that, but, um, I, I think that that that's going to be, that's going to be tough. But now, you know, now that there's no like hard divide between the two shows, you know, you, we can actually see a lot more big stars on collision going forward. Here's the thing with collision, right? You have to take you have to take the ratings. You have to throw them away. They were number yeah. four last week with a not a good rating, but it was number four in the time slot, right? Like that's fine. You're not going to win college foot. You're not going to be college football. So don't even try. No. What you need to, now, you have to understand this. Like what you have right now is you have a slate. You have a tabula rasa. You can do whatever, and it really doesn't matter because the people who are going to watch Collision on Saturday are going to watch it every single week, right? I have a hard time watching Collision every single week because I'm busy. Right. You have a family. You do stuff like so what you can do is you can play around. You can experiment with things. But you're right. They do need to get bigger stars on this more frequently. But then you've got to pepper in those bigger stars because for the big problem with collision, it was the same like eight guys every week. Right. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't enough variety. You've got to keep a lot of squash matches. And they had a lot of squash matches too. I don't hate squash. I don't hate squash matches. I think you need a couple of them. But I think more than that, you need stars right yeah. and without punk you're going to need more star power so who better than to base the show on than brian danielson mm-hmm. right the guy who if, i hate to say this but it's true everything cm punk claimed to be brian danielson actually is yeah yep right like the guy that cm punk tells us he is all the time danielson has walked that walk and talked that talk for the last two decades that's just him so you can make him the focal point of collision bring in mocks when you can and then just keep it going by what i don't want is i don't want collision to feel like another dynamite collision has a different feel to it i want them to keep that but just incorporating some of those wednesday night guys but keeping that core because it looks like roosh is going to be a big part of it ricky's a huge part of it who's ready to make another step i just i want that show to have its own identity and not just be thunder or not just be but let's be honest, SmackDown, for the vast majority of its existence, did not matter until 2019. When they went to Fox, yeah. It was always like a B-show, yeah. and it wasn't really, like, outside of the er, the early Paul Heyman book to years, it wasn't really anything worth watching. It just kind of existed for a long time. It was just a because thing. Of, well, because they were getting TV contract money, so they just kind of it kind of just existed. But now it's really the A-show because it's on Fox and in prime time on Friday nights, so... Um, and they had, they're getting all this money from USA. So they're, they have to make raw its own thing. And they're two very different shows. They have separate rosters that tend to bounce back and forth and, and that's working out for them. They're doing great, um, with, with what they got going on. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I, I think that, you know, originally I thought that, you know, collision was going to be a tough watch without punk. I still think it's going to struggle a little bit, but Danielson is definitely the right guy to build that show around. Um, And one thing that I was worried about is that, you know, we need more stars for collision. I was worried that they were just going to go and try to sign stars instead of building stars. But I think we saw them make an actual honest attempt at building a new star on Sunday with Ricky Starks. And then on Wednesday with Swerve Strickland, Swerve Strickland in that segment with Hangman came across as a bigger star than Hangman. Mm-hmm. I think that he's the, he's the fucking guy. Like he is straight up like um a movie villain. You know he reminds me of um gosh, I think it was you know Michael B Jordan in the original Black Panther like just this Killmonger. Like, just, 
dude, he was fucking great, right? You know, you mm-hmm. remember, you watched the original Black Panther, right? Oh yeah, of like, course. Dude, he was such a great villain. I I thought like, and then he kind of reminds me like he could be in The Wire too. Like he's. Got I was that just thinking that too. To I was yeah. trying to remember the name of the um. I was trying to Avon Barksdale. That that's the is lead it, villain in the first season of The Wire. It's right, isn't it? Omar. Omar is the Omar is the crazy guy. Oh yes, yeah, Omar's the crazy guy. Okay, remember? Yeah, oh, it's been dude. It's been it's crazy. been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that's yeah the the lead heel on that show played by uh, uh, uh I can't remember the guy who played uh uh Madonna's Creed's other trainer in the Creed movies. Yes, I cannot think yes. of his name right now. But, but he's yeah, fantastic was, too. He's yeah. fantastic too. I can't, I'm drawn up like Avon Barksdale, and then the the lieutenant was Adrius Elba. Who I can't remember the name yes. of his character. Yeah, but that's who he reminds me. Of. He remind, he's got this delivery like Avon Barksdale, and that's exactly what I thought of. But yeah, Killmonger is a real good call too. Yeah, Wood Harris. Thank you. Ella, I what, appreciate yes. that. Yeah, Ella, hey, was, it's driving me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the wire freaking ruled. Yeah, like yeah, no, I, dude, Swerve, Swerve could be on the wire. Like he's that compelling yeah, to me. And I it agree. all started with that with that video of him and Ar Fox going to uh, Nick Wayne's, Wayne's house, house and beating the shit out of him. Yeah, great. I loved it. one yeah. of my favorite angles of the year. Um, can I give you a, an honest opinion about Adam Page? I think he's overrated. Uh, uh, you know what? I think he is now. I think that at one point when he was hot, he was absolutely amazing. I loved him, right? The the whole presentation. Um, but I think a lot of the things that Swerve said in that promo were true. Were true. He um, he definitely has rested on his laurels. He's taken a back seat, and he seems to be have gotten comfortable with that. Um, since he lost the title to Punk, he hasn't. Yeah, I know he had the feud with with Moxley, but that's really the only singles feud he's had. He's just been in nothing but trios and tag matches all year, and like he just just really seems like a, another guy on the show. And swore, I'm glad this sort of pointed it out. Maybe they'll light a fire under his ass. Sometimes it feels like he doesn't give a shit. Like not like yeah. he doesn't care, but it just seems like he's going to work. And like I don't want a workman like performance in most jobs is fine. But I don't think I want that from my top stars. And everybody's like, oh, hangman, hangman, hangman. And I know, I know a lot of people that, not a lot, a handful of people that came in with Punk when Punk came in two years ago, right when they reboosted the Hangman Page thing, and were like, this guy, I don't get it. Right? I think mm-hmm. that if you followed Hangman for a while, you kind of were into it. But a lot of people that that sampled AEW at that point, I don't think they saw what was so great about Hangman Page in a lot of occasions. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that if I'm I, looking at those two guys together, if I were to build a company, I, I would pick Swerve before I'd pick Hangman right now, to be honest with you. Uh, right now, I agree. Um, here's yeah. what I'm hoping, because AEW tends to um, – the baby faces tend to go over and fuse, and that's the, his, the, that's the history of pro wrestling. And what's starting to bug me about this company is they're worrying about beating people. Right. I wish yeah. they didn't care about, <laughs> I wish they didn't care about beating people and just let it kind of be like new Japan where, Hey, sometimes guys lose, right. Mm-hmm. Guys got to lose sometimes because like, I want, I want them to kind of take that next step with a guy like a swerve. Right. And just start really going at it. Like this feud should be an epic feud. And again, what I was trying to say is usually the baby faces win the feuds here. I hope that is not the case of this. Cause I really would like to see, cause Max, Max turns out he's a pretty good babyface, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that could be a really good feud. Three, four months down the line, is mm-hmm. MJF versus Swerve? Oh really yeah, do. MLW Legends. 
Poof. Yes, you're, you're right. You're right. I ruined. I ruined the whole moment. Yeah. First, the first, the the uh, the rebirth <laughs> world champion and the first uh, middleweight champion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Court, you always um, find your way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, we're gonna get to him. Don't worry about it. Uh, so, um, let you know what. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and talk about him. So on on Saturday, right before Collision aired. Um, Tony Khan made the announcement that one uh, Phil Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk, had been fired for cause. More information has come out that I guess at one point he was lunging at uh, Tony Khan and Tony Khan had feared for his life. Um, uh, and like the fight between him and Jungle Boy had kind of spilled over and um, people were in danger and monitors were flying and yada, yada, all kinds of chaos was ensuing. The match almost didn't happen. I mean... We talked about it here last week um, before we had Ebo on. There wasn't really any other choice, right? Like he had he had to make this decision. He had to get rid of this guy, right? Well, Ebo said he wasn't going anywhere. That age. Well, I wasn't gonna. I was. You know what, <laughs> dude? So we 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 clipped that video right for uh -huh. our for the uh, Mike the Mike and JD show YouTube. Everybody go to the Mike and JD show YouTube if uh, you want to just see some clips. We always post our clips there. Um, and the first comment after he fired, uh, somebody just had to say it. Comment is like, oh, and, and one day later he gets fired. <laughs> That's literally, literally what it was. Yes. Well, because I went with the headline in quotes, in quotes, uh, CM Punk not going anywhere, and then I quoted Ibu from WrestlePurist, and then sure enough, he he went straight the hell home. Actually, I think he was at a White Sox game with uh, Lou D'Angeli uh, from from Impact that that same day. So that's giving where he went. he went to the White Sox game, giving the Impact fans false hope. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm going to talk about that in a little bit too. I knew you but would. What, yeah. What was so? What were your original thoughts when he got fired, man? So, oh, so I'm working right Saturday, and I was shooting a wedding. I because again, I teach five days a week, and then I decided to work on Saturdays because I don't ever want to see my family. Apparently, it was the dumbest decision I ever made. So, uh, but anyways, I'm working on Saturday, and then all of a sudden, my phone just starts vibrating like crazy. And I'm like, what's going on here? And I look down and I'll be damned. It was, I heard it from you and John at first Muse. Yeah. And I went, holy shit, they did it. I can't believe they did it. And I just, I couldn't believe it. But like when you read about it, like when you read about, when you read The Observer on Friday and you had the three different versions, despite what Matt Coon's trying to push on everybody, there were three versions in it. <laughs> yeah. The one where he went after sounded like he kind of went after Tony he was definitely the worst one. And Tony can yeah. sit there and say, I feared for my life. You look at Tony Khan, he's like 135 pounds. CM Punk may not be the greatest fighter in the world, but I'm pretty sure he can beat up Tony Khan. Yeah. If there's only two people in the company, he could beat up. It's Tony Khan and jungle boy. And he looks like he went <laughs> after both of them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, but it, it had to happen, man. Like, yeah. and again, I say this is a, a huge CM Punk fan. I am. I love the guy. Look at his work. I, the guy, human being, he was nice to my kid when he met him. Um, if, you, if you attack the boss, man, it's over. It's over. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's, you, there's... Keep, you keep doing this. Keep doing this. You can't keep, like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. No, no. It's it's like, and I've said this on the show before, it's like when, every time I walk into a room and I think everybody's an asshole, chances are I'm the asshole. Mm -hmm. Um, and I might need to go do something else, <laughs> you know, like, like I, there's something about me that I need to get fixed. And I think that about him, yeah. I, I don't think it was ever going to work again. And honestly, the, the people in that company that were against him, 
they were never going to go to his side and they were going to keep antagonizing him until he did something like this. It just didn't take them very long to get what they wanted. Right. Like, and I don't know the jungle boy intentionally did this to try to get him fired, but he had to know that there was something was going to happen with this guy, whether it was going to be right there in that moment or eventually something was going to happen because of it. Well, I'm seeing suit they, suit Williams in the chat tonight, and he wrote a great article for Voices Wrestling talking about yeah. the best way, the way that Punk was really antagonized was by people not engaging with him. Yeah. Right? Like, that's what really tend to set him off. And it was like, and I love how Sue painted this in his article, was that as Punk as this master manipulator controller, like, fashions himself as one, and the fact that he couldn't get the, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega to kind of play with him really kind of set the dude off right so i mean i think that's mm-hmm. just kind of where we are is we got a guy who has ze- very very serious control issues i hate to diagnose a dude but that's kind of where we are with him right so what else i mean what else could we have done what else could happen uh, i don't know but if you listen to like a punk anon or the punk anon yeah or the punk truthers that are out there um, they should have fired Jungle Boy, the elite, and Kenny Omega, and anybody that doesn't like punk. That would have been the best answer, according to those types of people. Now, I'm, I'm, I am happy that Jack Perry is under suspension for this because, like, yeah. he certainly isn't. He isn't innocent. But as I said last week on the show, he didn't do anything that CM Punk wouldn't have done at the exact same age. Abs- absolutely. And you know what? Punk leaking the shit to the media was not cool. And and if he went, if he would have went to go talk to Punk about it. We saw what happened last time people went to go confront Punk. He started swinging on him, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, and so he felt like this was the only way to, to get redemption. It was a bad way to do it. There are other channels to do this stuff. There are other ways to get this done. And sometimes um, no reaction is also appropriate, especially when you're kind of lower on the card. But that's just like pro wrestling ranking systems, I guess, that don't really exist. But that's just kind of the mentality there. Um, the best thing for him to do would have been nothing uh, because people were going to forget about the the rumor about the broken glass. I think, honestly, I had forgotten about it until he did the thing on Zero Hour. So he could have just let the thing go, um, but he had to say what he said, and then Punk should have just let it go, but he's not capable of that. So now here we are, and this is completely Punk's fault. Now, Jungle Boy's a shit stirrer. He, you know, he adds absolutely deserves suspension, but I think he'll be back and he'll be just fine. He'll be right back in the same position he was in before he left. Yeah, he'll eat a couple L's and they'll, they'll, you know, teach him his lesson. But it's how is it any different than 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 Punk and the workers' rights promo, right? Like yeah. nobody thought nobody thought anything about that until it happened, right? Like yeah. Punk mentioned it again, and then then it's a thing. So they got to realize that people, these guys got to realize that most people don't pay attention to the kind of shit they're talking about, right? Just mm-hmm. let it die because we don't really care. Like we forget about what happens week to week on these shows anyway. Dude, you know what? Nobody's talking about Cash Wheeler pulling a gun on somebody on the highway. Like, and that That's just true. happened a couple weeks ago. And it, it just blew over. Like the like the news cycle happens so fast. You really gotta let a lot of this little shit go. But it, a lot of people these people, they don't know how to, you know, relieve themselves of resentment. And it's like one of those things I always I always tell people it's like when you're holding on to resentment, it's like drinking poison and hoping the other guy is gonna die. You gotta mm-hmm. let this shit go, you gotta figure it out calm the hell down go to work and try to be as nice as possible right but but these are these are adults and for some reason adults cannot figure out how to work with other adults because they're stupid um and speaking of stupid ace steel was also released today it's the least surprising firing i've ever heard in my life (laughs) i don't know that he's stupid by the way but he did bite somebody so he's always gonna be a legend he's always gonna be a legend for that yeah 
you know, I'm be honest. I, 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 I have not, <laughs> I have bitten a man in the middle of a fight, so I can't, I cannot yeah. in good conscience say that that was a stupid thing to do because <laughs> yeah. I'm guilty as charged. But I mean, like yeah. this dude couldn't go to work. He was working via zoom every week. So, yeah. I mean, how long do we expect this to last? Like, of course he's there to appease <laughs> punk punk's not a thing anymore in AEW. So, yeah, yeah. I think fig- I figured it was only a matter of time, but I did think it would be a little bit weird to fire him after Punk did something when he was not there. Like he didn't actively do anything this time to get fired. So I get the feeling this might have been a mutual thing, right? Because he is mm-hmm. an employee there. You can't fire this employee because this other employee did something wrong. Even- Just because they're friends, you can't do that. So Correct. there had to be conversation. Like, and I don't think that AEW's legal team would allow such a firing to happen. No. I get the feeling that this is like a mutual thing. Well, the 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 release said they said he was released from the company. Didn't say he was fired from the company. Yes. And I'm sure with yeah. Punk gone, he doesn't want to be there. They fired his friend. You know, right. and he's he's really he knows he's really not welcome there. So I mean, like, what's um what's keeping them? What's keeping this relationship together? Nothing. So it makes perfect sense. We can see what whatever they wind up doing next. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of what's next, what you know, what do we think is next for CM Punk? And I got a quote here from uh from Sean Ross Sapp, um, where he stated that he thinks, you know, 20%, you know, that he would go to WWE. And we've actually heard some rumors that WWE might be interested. Cody specifically um had possibly reached out to him. We don't know that for a fact. We just have been hearing stuff like that. Um, there's also the school of thought that he might never come back. And I think that's where I'm at. I think that I'm on the train that he will never come back. But Sean did say that he thinks that there's a 30% chance that he would go to one impact wrestling where his good buddy, his good friend who he happened to be at a baseball game with over the weekend, uh, Lou D'Angeli, who is the, uh, I don't think he's the EVP, but he's like the vice president of production or so whatever he is in life marketing and, ticket sales and stuff like that. He's doing a great job for them. They're they're all their numbers are up in those departments. Yeah. Um, and that impact was, uh, then, then, uh, PW insider put out a report that impact was excited about the possibility of him coming in, which is the most court Bauer leaked story I've ever heard in my life. That was not from court Bauer. It reminded me of the time that court Bauer leaked to PW insider that he was seen outside of Viacom, uh, headquarters, I don't know what he was doing outside of Viacom headquarters. He might have been just like looking for trash or something. I have no idea. Panhandling. Uh, pan, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just getting coins, you know. <laughs> but he he was absolutely there. But uh, but yeah. What what do you think he could be doing next, man? Um, I think he should be doing the retirement. I really do. I don't think this is good for him. No. Like I don't think I don't think professional wrestling is uh, good for his temperament. I think that he's just it brings out the worst in him, right? He seemed like a happier human being when he was getting his ass kicked in the octagon. Yeah. You know, I just don't, I just don't think pro wrestling is good. I know because we're in a lot of impact groups and stuff like that. I know people are excited about the possibility and I know that you've been nothing but fanning flames on this one. (laughs) I have not been helpful. No, no, never. And I just saw, you know, when you, when he left, I'm like, I went, I asked myself, like, how long is it going to take for Mike to start this going? And I looked like, Oh, five minutes, (laughs) five minutes. Mike was ready with the meme. Here we go. I, I, I just don't think it's good for him, man. I just think for his own sanity, he should retire because like this has happened multiple times now. Yeah. 
the, so the thing with him is I know, I think he might've had like some movies in the works, but now there's like the SAG strike. So who knows mm-hmm. when that's going to end. So he might be sitting idly by, I think that, you know, maybe he found the bug again uh, for pro wrestling. If he does come back, if it's WWE, look, I don't think impact is a real possibility there. I think uh suit Williams says that it is a possibility like the sun burning out tomorrow is also a possibility. So he's saying there's a chance suit Williams. Um, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, if he does come back, if it's WWE, if it's New Japan, if it's Impact, I think that he should do the Brock Lesnar deal where he's like, I will come in every few months. I'll have my guy that I work with will do the deal and then I'll take off again because him coming back and being around people all the time and traveling week in and week out doesn't do any good for anybody. And honestly, like, you know, he, he will have the initial spike in ticket sales and ratings and then they're going to go right back down to the where they were before or even lower and so if you just keep bringing him in every once in a while which is what he fought against while he was in wwe by the way he Uh hated when the rock would do that he hated when lesnar would do that but i think he is that guy now to where they need to bring him in occasionally and kind of work that type of schedule just to pop certain ratings and work the bigger shows if he's going to do it at all i don't think he's got the temperament to be that guy because I think he would have yeah. been, <clears throat> he'd be that guy in AEW. I think he could have been that that guy there. And he doesn't, I don't, because I don't, I think part of him still resents the rocks and Cena's for the, that kind of stuff. But at the same time, if you're WWE, do you need him? They're winning right now. No, no. Like, no, it's funny to me. It's, it's funny to me. It goes, well, well, Cody reached out. Oh, it's funny. We heard that awful quick. Like that yeah. story got, that story got leaked really <laughs> fast. Wonder where mm-hmm. that came from. Yeah. Because we hear from it's funny, whenever something happens with the punk camp, we hear from the same couple of people, and it's like, oh, I know where that came from. I know exactly yeah. where that came from. Okay. So I think Did I see think the CM Punk. Oh, good. Sap basically spilled the beans that punk was like a, a source for him on on the punk stuff a lot lately. He put, and he just and yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised either. It was just like, yeah, all this stuff that's coming out like to Houseman and to these other folks. It sounds like it's a direct from Punk, and I'm like, hey, that that's good sourcing. Like that's what a journalist oh, yeah. does. Then he never. It, it's a bit weird to out him now, but <laughs> but but he's just like, no, I was just talking. Like Punk was the source, and so like on a lot of this Punk stuff, not not all of it, but some of it, it was like, yeah, I directly was talking to him. Um, I, we and, know guys. And he's talking to everybody. We know guys that were directly talking to Punk. So Punk, yeah. I think it's so funny to me. They were talking about that Punk was like, oh, the media, the media, the media dude you're the one who talks to the media right i mean it's like paul it was like paulie dangerously bitching about that back in the ecw days it's like who <laughs> what who, who do you think you are um yeah. i don't if i'm wwe and i know this dude is going to get into it with somebody somebody it's just his nature right he is the scorpion right the old scorpion and the frog story mm-hmm. he's the scorpion you pick up the scorpion and you're like i knew it was going to do that Right. And do they really want to stick it to Tony that bad in WWE? I mean, they're already winning. I don't want to say they won because like AEW exists. It's functioning. It's got its ups and downs. But I mean, like they didn't they didn't kill it. I don't know if you want that. I don't know if Impact does either because Impact's working right now. Like, I know you'd love to have CM Punk, but how long till he freaking turns on everybody? Right. Right? How long? How long till he's burying Josh Alexander? To the Sean Ross apps <laughs> of the world, right? Yeah. yeah, that 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 would be that would be my worry. And the I, 
you know, I've covered impact pretty deeply for a long time. And the one thing about them is they're such a happy locker room. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they all like legitimately like their family and friends in that promotion. And that's why they, they hire a lot of people from within like Josh Alexander's wife is one of the ring announcers now. Right. Like they, that's just the way that they do things. Like Alexander and his wife moved to Windsor's to be closer to Scott Demore and like Giselle Shaw, like they're all like this tight knit family there. Like yep. Jessica Havoc can't get a job anywhere, but she's been an impact for like 15 years or something like 10 years. You if know you I mean? It's just like, if you can't function in that locker room, you can't function. That's a blanket. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you, I, I, you, I don't think I don't. I mean, like, is the is the CM Punk juice worth the squeeze? Because Impact's never going to run like big arenas, right? They're going to run Impact arenas, which you're selling out anyway without them. Like, mm-hmm. you can upgrade a little bit, and his drawing power has been. We saw one thing is for sure: his drawing power was hurt by Brawl Out. Yeah, yeah. It you was. don't think I, it's not going to be better now? You yeah. know, I mean, like d- domestic ticket sales. We're not doing good when he was still there and they're still not doing good overseas. Like obviously they just did Wembley stadium. They come right back to North America and they're right back down to earth. (laughs) So just um, like like, WWF when they run Wembley, Wembley 92, just, well, just like, just like TNA, when they would go over there, they do 8,000 in, uh, in Wembley arena and they come right back to the impact zone with five, 600 people. You know what I mean? It's just like, it just, it is what it is. Right. And so, Mm. um, you know, I, I, you're right. I, I don't know the juice would, would be worth. I know for a fact it wouldn't be worth it for the WWE for impact. I, I don't know. Like if you do bring them in, like what's the, end, what's the end goal, right? Cause it's going to cost him more money than you're able to make, right? You're not going to profit off of him unless there's a television deal attached to it. And uh, you know, would it be worth it for you to move off of your own network to go to another network? And would another network be interested just because you got punk? Because they know for a fact that punk yeah. might not be staying long term, right? Because that's been his history. How many guys punk came into AEW talking about how he wanted to work with all the young guys, right? Yeah, who did he make as a star in his time at AEW? Like, who uh, who did he put over and make look great? Yeah, he never lost the Darby, did he? No. Never lost um, Darby. Never lost to Max. He lost the one match to Max, but he lost. He we he won. He lost the uh, the dynamite match, but the big I, chain match. He won that one. I would say that MGF became a bigger star during that feud because uh, it was so great. It I was really great. like. I think he really propelled himself into a top guy during that feud. I, been, I think we look back I mean, like, and that, that's going to be a pivotal moment in his career. That guy's I, I, that's, that's me though. That's that guy's. No, I love that feud. It's my favorite feud in AEW yeah. history. I thought it was excellent. But that guy's been positioned as a top guy in AEW since Cody. Cody wrote he was Cody Rhodes' little dude when he first came in, and they had a great match back at Revolution uh night 2020. Yeah. Right? I mean, like the Max headline pay-per-views before all this. So he had been a guy there, feuded with Jericho. Like that was another top, that was a top guy, top guy feud. Like Eddie is Eddie, right? He's like, oh, I want to work with Powerhouse Hobbs. I want to work with Ricky. Ricky was running Ricky was a a baby face that people were loving and they turned him heel for this punk feud. And then Mm -hmm. punk's gone. And Ricky cut that, that uh, promo this weekend. That was a baby face promo. Yeah. So he really, I think punk derailed Ricky. Like, I don't, (laughs) I don't think anybody is bigger because punk was there. Right. Personal. Yeah. yeah, you know, because like you know, compared to WWE, and I hate to compare two different promotions, Hard not doing to. two different things, but you know, the bloodline. I know they've kind of killed everybody, 
but they've elevated everybody at the same time. Like there are characters in their company that are now bigger just because of the popularity of the bloodline. Like their popularity has kind of like trickled down to everybody else. And they made Sammy, Sammy Zane. They didn't make Sammy Zane, but the storyline when Sammy Zane got into it became like this bigger thing. So now Sammy Zane's like an all time, big time uh, guy. And then Kevin Owens gets brought into it. And now he's elevated back up once again from Bullshit. where he was before. Kevin you don't Owens think so? worked. Kevin Owens worked with Steve Austin at the WrestleMania before that in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah, he did, but he kind of dipped back down for a little while and then he came back up because they booked him like that. Right. That's their their doing. Yeah. So he went down, he, he come back up into the bloodline and then now he's like this huge thing again. And Drew McIntyre, I still think that he should have won that damn match. Uh, but Cody Rhodes hasn't lost any steam. He's still just as big as he was before the before but the Roman match. Before. I don't. But I'm saying any... like all these. But like now, now we're getting these other characters, right? La Knight is like blowing up, right? I, I don't think that line. he gets the eyeballs on him without the Bloodline's popularity. Do you? Uh, he's not been involved with the Bloodline. He's no, doing, he's saying, on the show. The point the point that I'm trying to make is that their popularity is yeah, trickling popular. down to everybody else on the show yeah, yeah. and it's when, elevating everybody up. That did not happen with CM Punk. That was the point I'm trying to make. I get, I get what you're saying there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like when Hulk Hogan was super popular, you know, Greg, you know, um, Greg, the hammer Valentine became a household name across the country. Right. Right. Like, I get, yeah. I, I get what you mean by that, but I don't think working directly with, unlike the point I was making is working punk working directly with people didn't elevate them. Right. Oh, God. Gotcha. Well, that's, yeah. That's and I, I think, and that's and that's been true of like Jericho and stuff too. Like you know, um, I agree with that. It's yeah, it, AEW outside of like their core people haven't really. <laughs> when you get oh here, look here, John John is smart. John Muse pops in. When you get hot, it's easier to get secondary acts and others over. People are mm-hmm. more accepting. That's that's what I was trying to say. But John is much smarter than I am. He made it make sense. Sounds, sounds um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you're right, and I, I don't think that Punk really made anybody. I Jericho, you know, he's lost to all these people, and none of them were bigger than before. Um, mm-hmm. Sammy Guevara has just been his lackey for like three years, right? So, I, I mean, it's been it's been kind of a problem there, and that was kind of back to my point from uh, from about 20 minutes ago where I was kind of worried that that uh, AEW would sign more people now that Punk is gone versus building stars from within. But I think we saw a little bit differently earlier this week with uh, Ricky Starks and Swerve kind of looked like they were being elevated into bigger characters. Which is what they should be doing. You're 100% right yeah. on that. I don't know who's left to sign. Baseball fans, are you excited for the upcoming season? I know I am. It is time to gear up and show your team spirit with MLB Shop, the official online store of Major League Baseball. Find the latest jerseys, hats, apparel, and collectibles for all 30 MLB teams at MLB Shop. Represent your favorite players, your hometown team, or relive classic moments with exclusive throwback gear. Gear up for the season at MLB Shop. Whether you're cheering from the stands or watching at home, show your love for the game with official MLB merchandise. Make sure you use our exclusive link, voicesofwrestling.com slash MLB Shop, to help support the Voices of Wrestling podcast network again that's voicesofwrestling.com slash mlb shop you'll pay the exact same price the exact same items everything is exactly the same about your shopping experience but a small percentage of every sale comes back to us so again it's voicesofwrestling.com slash mlb shop the official online store of major league baseball like who's out there that they could sign that that i don't know the, the rumors are the two names that keep popping up 
Edge and Goldberg. Fair. fair. Edge, Edge and Goldberg. And those would be short-term band-aids and they would not help with the long-term business. But uh, like there, I think it was a PW Insider, might've been a SAP report that said that people within WWE believe that Edge is signing with AEW when his uh, deal is up. And then Goldberg's been linked to them for a long time. Um, I don't hate the idea of Edge mainly because I really enjoy Christian Cage in yeah. this promotion. If Edge was willing to not be the center of attention and actually, because Christian Cage actually has helped elevate people. Like he's the he effort. He, he puts effort yeah. into elevating. Like the dinosaur had the best match of his career against Darby Allen, right? He, yeah. like Jack Perry's in a better place. I think Christian Cage has done good work here. I really do. Yeah. Um, if Edge could come in and play ball and help give the rub and not just be the star, I'm in favor of that. With Goldberg, you're gonna have to have he's gonna have to sack you're gonna have to sacrifice somebody to him. And I don't know, yeah. I don't know if they have a guy that you want to work with Goldberg in this company and not just sacrifice him, right? Because Goldberg is dead. Like, what the hell happened to that guy? I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> I just, um, I just just thinking about Goldberg, and I was like, wait a minute, they have they have a Goldberg like a bland version of him that can do a swanton. It's Wardlow. What the hell happened to that guy? Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with you. People are like, Oh, where's Wardlow? And part of me is like, Oh, I don't care. You know, I'm sorry. He just, <laughs> I just never got into Wardlow. Like I haven't noticed yeah. that he's been gone. Uh, Ella wants to know what the deal is with Keith Lee. Uh, I, I think Keith Lee, his issues are the same issues that he had in WWE. And it and turns Ring of out and ring of honor. And it turns out that Vince isn't always wrong. Mm-hmm. And he just might have been right about Keith Lee, and uh, and honestly, and I think that there's something, a deeper issue there that might be more health related with him, and so it's hard for him to have the matches that he had back when he was at his peak. Yeah. Um, and I saw some of his work in uh, in Ring of Honor. His stuff at NXT was outstanding. I saw him live, and he was just he was tremendous. Um, one of the my favorite live matches I saw was a Keith Lee match. Um, at, a, at an NXT house show in Visalia, California. So he was tremendous. And then he got up to the main roster and it just seemed like, I was like, what happened to this dude? Like, there's no confidence. And they started calling him fucking Bearcat. And he came over to AEW and I was like, okay, now we're going to revitalize this dude. And we never really saw the revitalization of him. It's just been kind of an up and down, start and stop push. I, I just don't know what's going on with the guy. And it's not all Tony Khan's fault. We'll just leave it at that. No. We've all heard, we, you and I have heard some stories. I don't want to talk out of school. But I mean, yeah. Keith Lee kind of, he doesn't help himself. We'll just leave it at no. that sometimes. Um, yeah. 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 But hey, um, before we go, um, did, I, I just wanted to say, Joe, my cousin Joe, sent me the Gunther versus Gable match from Raw. And I would strongly recommend our audience go out of the way to watch that match. I thought it was tremendous. Uh, JD, you're obviously a fan of Chad Gable. I'm a um, real life fan of the real life. <laughs> yes. He's yes. A great guy. I thought he had the match of his career. Like it was just absolutely great. And uh, everybody should go out of the way to watch. And uh, Gunther, as of tomorrow, he will be breaking the uh, honky tonk man's record um, for the longest icy title reign. Is he the greatest icy champion in history? So the heat on honky tonk man was him saying he was the greatest icy champion. <laughs> yes, in history. Yes. Like, cause he would run like yeah. matches would get hard. And he would grab the belt and run away. Like he, he wasn't a fighting champion. Like he was, I'm the greatest intercontinental champion in history. And then that, that was, that was the heat. You were supposed to boo that. And now somehow that became like a thing. 
It's, like, it's just one of those things that if you say it over and over for a long period yeah, of time, it all of a sudden becomes it. reality. It's, it's politics one-on-one. Oh right? yeah. It's just how you do it. And like marketing. And he, he was a genius and he was a terrible wrestler. Terrible. <laughs> so bad. He's Jerry yeah. Lawler's cousin and got not a thimble full of the man's talent. No, like, no. He's awful. No. Now that being said, I, yeah, I think Gunther is the greatest intercontinental. We talked about this in our BFI chat. I said, yeah, yeah, I think he is the greatest intercontinental champion history because they've booked him to be that. Like you could yeah. say Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Mr. Perfect. None of those guys were booked to be the greatest intercontinental champion ever. That's been the goal with Gunther, right? Yeah. And it's worked because yeah. the man, yeah. the man's been phenomenal forever, right? And mm-hmm. they just let him, they call him Gunther, but they just kind of let him be Walter, right? Yeah. Yeah, you you know who, um, and I do agree with you that Gunther is the greatest. You know who I I thought had just a really an underrated run as IC champ was Who's Randy that? Savage in the eighties. Oh yeah, um, and because you know when Hulk would work the A towns, the main event of the B towns while he was the Intercontinental Champion was Randy Savage, right? You know, feuding with Tito Santana and all those guys. I, I know, thought that he Ricky. just had yeah. Ricky. Yeah, I I thought he had a really good, and he was, and that was a young title at that point, and I thought he was like before you know and everybody always kind of points back to Bret Hart Bret was absolutely a great intercontinental champion and he he had some big matches with Perfect at SummerSlam 90 uh, 1990 I believe uh and then no 90 was it 90 91. or 91? 91 91 SummerSlam 91 Davy Boy 92 then he became the world champion right after that um Roddy Piper WrestleMania he had some big time matches as the intercontinental champion I don't think that he had as many big matches and as many oh. awesome matches that Gunther had um, so for me, it's, it's absolutely, it's Gunther. Well, here too is Savage and Hart are their intercontinental eclipses are seen as stepping stones to them being the world champion where they really yeah. shined, right? Like Savage's yeah. intercontinental run is really good stuff. That's where he gets some of his best promos. But what do you remember about Savage? It's when he's the champ, right? Yeah. And the years after he was the champ, right? So I mean, like though the IC belt to them was a stepping stone. Same with Shawn Michaels. Mr. Perfect was the pinnacle of his career. But when he got his run with Hogan, it wasn't, it didn't draw. Right. So I don't think you can call either uh, anybody of those guys the greatest intercontinental champion ever, where the whole, I don't know if Gunther's ever going to win the world title. Right. So I think this is designed to have him be just this workhorse badass. Right. And it's worked. It's worked. It's worked for them. Right. He's oftentimes the best, the stuff involving him is oftentimes the best part of what's going on in WWE. Work weight, work. I have such a hard time with that word. Work, <laughs> work rate work, wise. Work rate. Yeah, he, he is the workhorse. Yeah. Um. Uh. WWE. This is. We don't need to comment on this. WWE and LA Knight. They're working on a five-year extension for PW Insider. I mean, that makes sense. The good guy is him. perfect here, and the guy is over. Uh. Good for him. Um. Uh. We already talked about Edge and AEW. Uh. Lastly, before we before we get saw, out of here, I saw a tweet saying that NXT and the Performance Center made LA Knight. And I just, yeah. I lost all faith in humanity. <laughs> a 40-year-old. Yes, they found this 40-year-old man on the street and said, yeah, you know what? Never been on TV before. You could be a, you could be a Steve Austin cosplayer. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, yeah. Never, never been on TV before. Never had a run anywhere. Nope. Uh, <laughs> nope. Found him on the scrap heap. Yeah. Um, uh, before we go, hey guys, I want you to head over to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show. Um, we are going to go to overtime where we are going to finish our series on the WCW invasion of the WWF in 2001 
Part one is already on the Patreon, so if you haven't listened to it yet, it's already there. We're going to be dropping episode two um, right at right as soon as we're done recording here. So it'll be in your Patreon um, feed tomorrow morning as you wake up. So that's coming. So head over to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show. Also head over to uh, YouTube, uh, the Mike and JD show YouTube. It's at the Mike and, J- the Mike and JD show on YouTube. Uh, we're going to have all of our clips coming up from this show. We're going to have some exclusive stuff coming out. My, I'm doing Brace for Impact this weekend. That's going to be on Patreon. It's also going to be featured a part of it on uh, on YouTube. So go ahead and check that out. Um, but lastly, before we get out of here, Kaito Kiyomiya continuing his run in the States. He just got booked for Wrestling Revolver. So uh, that's really, really cool. I like to see more Noah stars getting uh, getting here in the, in the, um, getting in the States, getting, getting booked, man. And Kaito's great. Big, big Noah fans, two of us. Uh, I love Kaido Kimia. Uh, Yoshiki Inamura is going to start working with Progress soon. I like that yeah. Noah's starting to send guys around. I wish some North American companies would work with Noah a little bit more because I do want to see uh, Kiyomiya get some runs somewhere important. I'd like to see Keno get somewhere, you know, like where yeah. people can get eyes on him. I'd like to see Nakajima, like, yeah, get and get Shiyazaki because his body could fall apart at any given moment. Get him one good look. Yeah. From a company like somewhere let's get the man on tv impact what are you doing call these guys yeah call these guys up all right all right uh, voices of wrestling uh, if you're watching this on youtube please like subscribe and comment and uh and if you're listening to us on apple Podcasts, spotify and wherever you get your podcasts um please leave us a review share it with your friends and then head over to patreon.com slash the mike and jd show and until next week mahalo Uh, 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 uh. Hey now, it's Mike Gilbert, host of the Mike and JD Show, right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Join JD by God Oliva and myself every Thursday night live on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we stay up all night discussing all the hottest stories in professional wrestling. You can also check us out right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting feed or you can subscribe to the Mike and JD Show feed. Now, enjoy the show.